You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. I made it. Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. All right, and welcome back, uh, Taylor, special guests Taylor Burris and Kale Gale. Good evening. How you doing, guys? Hey, well, welcome to the iRacers Lounge. Uh, of course, Taylor, you've been on many times, and uh, you took contacted me today and said, "Hey, we got a, a thing that Kale and Gale and I have put together, and we want to tell everybody." So, uh, why don't you and Kale tell us what's going on? Well, of course. So Kale and I have come together to kind of, in a sense, help bring people together in the world of motorsports and esports. You know, with everything going on COVID, yes, we're now getting back into the real world racing, which we've been doing for quite some time now. But we want to get the iRacing community a little bit more involved by hosting special events with a very easy entry fee and, in a sense, paying out quite sizable entry or payments for these winners who come and compete. Uh, We've not just going to do one typical car, not one typical track, but a wide varieties of different styles of motorsports on the iRacing service. And also in a way, you know, not really make it a league or a series where there's a points championship or, you know, a playoffs or anything like that, but just where anybody can come out, pay the entry fee, and race so it's kind of just like your saturday night weekend series or weekend local short tracks where people would just come out and race and pay an entry fee and go out there have fun race and win a little cash i like it It, it's a new spin that we haven't seen recently where there's money involved and um that it seems like we ebb and flow with money racing and uh i haven't seen any of it recently so what made you decide uh hey let's let's let these guys run for cash yeah, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I mean, basically, um, you know, this has been on my mind for about a year, and I've kind of drugged my feet about it. Um, obviously, there, you know, there are money races out there on iRacing, um, but I just felt like what I would like for Taylor and I to eventually build together is is the the go to place um, for the racer number one to have trust in. Um, what we're going to put on for a show, and that goes from from top to bottom. Um, the schedule of the events, how the events run, from the admin inside of it to feel like they they're being treated fairly um, with calls and such like that. With short track racing, especially in any kind of racing, but <clears throat> when uh, you know official has to make a call, that we stand by it. We stand by the rule book. Uh, we stand by what we say we're going to pay based on the amount of entries we get. And really, at the end of the day, it's um, want to provide a platform that the racer just has that trust and we build the brand um, that they can come there and this is where they can come and race. And they're, you know, come to our Facebook cha- page and check the schedule out and see what's coming up, um, enter the race. And uh, we have a lot of great ideas. 
uh, with Taylor and I together, I feel like there's a lot of lot of good ideas, a lot of cool things that we can do and learn at the same time. Um, I've been involved in motorsports for over 30 years. I've pretty much seen it all from the racer side of it. Um, had some, you know, some experience with, with being on boards and stuff for different kind of real life series and, and how things um materialize and come together and you have to look at things from both sides but at the end of the day um, I'm a racer at heart um, and you know the the slogan is is basically uh, at the end of the day e-driven is 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 created by the racer for the racer and taking care of our customers keeping them happy because uh, without the racer we don't we don't have what we want to try to provide for them so it's a collaborative effort from both sides and that's from the promoter side and also the racer side uh, i got a question for you do you have uh, a lot of the format on how people are going to qualify set out or that uh, details still in the making no this is a this is a it's it's laid out what we've done with this first event like i said is what, what we're going to try to do is is learn and see how the show goes um i want to try to create uh what i call the the uh a weekly race um you know a basic uh fifteen dollar entry fee with pretty much a, a set fee from you know if we get 60 cars and it's a one night show it's very simple so that does include um you know uh heat races uh, and then of course a c main a d main a c main a b main and then an a main um is how we've got this structured so uh pretty much from top to bottom we have it structured out um of how the event's going to be run and then the, what we've done with the purse is try to be a little bit more fair to the guys um that might might have not might not have the night that they were looking for uh we're going to pay you know the c main winner of the event twenty dollars which is a five dollar bonus from what he pays on the entry um for you know the 15 bucks to get in the race that gives them a little a bit of incentive to you know show up and it gives those guys a a legitimate chance to go race for that 20 bucks in that race and then um one of the main things i wanted to do was distribute the purse well enough based on the entry fees that were provided to us was to provide for the top 10 and the a main at least get their their entry fees back so really uh it, it's uh you know there's money on the top for the winner but i feel like it's spread pretty evenly throughout to um you know make it make it worthwhile for you know out of 60 entries you know 20 guys legitimately have a shot to, to walk away with at least their entry fee money back very cool idea i think what makes us work kale is is your involvement and you being from uh, you know nascar um you've obviously run in the truck series and, and nationwide series and i think if i remember right you won at homestead but you, you've been in the business, and, and there's got to be a, a level of trust when there's a money race. And I think when I've seen these money races before, sometimes that's the problem where people are concerned, hey, are they actually paying out? Are they paying out the right amount of money? Uh, are people getting robbed and that kind of thing? And so I think you got to have uh, you got to be on the up and up, and, uh, and, and it helps when people know who you are. Yeah, and like I said, even at that, we got to build the brand and the trust. Um, you guys obviously have been involved in sim racing for many years. What really, really makes uh, the eSport deal neat, especially for racing, not only, you know, eSports have grown in, in all kind of different uh, elements and attractions as far as what people want to spend their time doing in the evenings, but um, the, what's really neat about the racing side of it is in real life, um, for an example, 
Um, and, and some of the iRacers may not really realize this, and some do, obviously. Um, but there's nowhere, where, nowhere in the country, in the real world, that you can go pay a $15 entry fee and walk away uh, with a $225 purse in your pocket in the real world. It's just not possible. So that's really neat. I mean, um, I've never been able to race for that kind of money, spending that kind of money going there. So um, it's really neat. It, you know, obviously sim racing is ultra competitive. Um, there's some guys out there that are extremely talented at what they do. Uh, and then you have your, your, your casual sim racer that, you know, only gets on, you know, 10, 12 hours a week or less than that. But what we want to do is create a – uh persona to be able to attract all the sim racers i mean i want to have good shows with the best drivers and then we're going to have some shows that might cater towards more of the casual racer which is a lot of the service um some of these money shows in my opinion um it steers some guys away from from entering it because they feel like in their mind they legitimately don't have a shot um so they might not enter the race based on you know uh what's coming at them so a lot of it is what taylor and i have to learn together is really at the end of the day is the main attraction of what what fuels the fire in other words this first race we've got a super late mall race we're putting on 150 laps it's open set up what does how much attraction did we get with that or then we're going to try some fixed setup stuff we're going to try some dirt stuff we're going to i want to try some off-road truck stuff i want to try anything out there to really just find what that niche is and what that drive is and then we get a consistent process going to where we become uh the place to go to um and the iRacers say well let me see what those guys have got going on this week uh i'm open that night do they have a race open and and where they go to for that and we have the trust in the name and uh you know ultimately that's what i'd like to see in the end well i love the idea of switching out the cars and the and the tracks and, you know, trying different disciplines. And uh, you probably get a real bigger mix of people involved for sure trying to do that because there's definitely a a need for this on the dirt side, dirt oval. But uh, I think, you know, starting off with the super super late model, that's a great idea. Where are you going to run? The first event we're going to hold October 1st at Myrtle Beach. Um, It's a 150-lap race. We gave it a kind of a unique name. Uh, It's called War in the South. The reason why we kind of chose Myrtle Beach, um, Taylor and I spent about 30 minutes looking at a variety of different tracks. It's kind of neat. Myrtle Beach is really not known as a super late model track. Locally, it was more of a late model stock place. Obviously, Cars Tour ran there. All Pro used to run there years ago. Um, But I like the super late model just for the fact of... um, on the open setup side, there's some really good leagues out there. Um, I felt like that would be an attraction to some of those guys um, and kind of get them involved with it, some of the guys that are dedicated more to the super stuff. And then kind of Myrtle Beach closing down here just recently. Uh, Taylor kind of felt like it was a good send-off idea, and it's a, it's a good racy racetrack on iRacing, so it was, a, it was a good choice for us to start there. Okay, well, that sounds like a, a blast now. If – for the listeners out there that want to get involved and uh, perhaps run this first event, I mean, where do they find it? Uh, how do they sign up? Well, um, we have a Facebook page. It's E-Driven Promotions um, is where you can find us for now. Uh, we're very, very new. Um, we've been working on this about three weeks. 
Um, but E Driven Promotions on Facebook for now. Um, and yeah, so we'll look for that on Facebook, and I'll put the link in our show notes for our listeners as well. Yep, so just go there. There will also be a link that'll take you to go and register. Once again, the entry fee is $15 for anyone to enter. So the more people we get to enter, the possibility of the higher the purse for everybody to come out there and have a great night. Again, that's going to be on October 1st, 2020. Uh, we're going to start opening up the room around 7.30, 8 o'clock, I believe, if I remember correctly, on there. And yeah, one lucky driver will come home with $225 for the end and there could be some other small prizes, depending on if any other partners decide to come on board. I believe uh, one of the, uh, a couple of the setup shops are thinking about coming on board and working with us. So we're looking forward to start this endeavor, and hopefully more people will come in, come on board, and have fun. That's all we want is everyone to have fun, and people make a little bit of money on the side with it. I love the the choice of the date, uh, Thursday night. You know, uh, that's kind of an open night now uh, with pro- you know, the Coke series is running on Tuesdays now instead of Thursdays. So, uh, and, and there's no NIS. So you might get some takers for Thursday night like me. Yeah. One of the things that we really was kind of focus on is kind of create this as a Thursday night thunder kind of feel where everyone can come out there. I mean, if you look at our uh, promotion stuff we do, it's kind of a throwback to the 80s and 90s ESPN style. So that's kind of what we want to do. Make it a little bit of throwback. Bring a little old school racing back to the iRacing service and have let people have fun with it. Absolutely. Uh, so Taylor Burris, uh, always good to hear from you again. And uh, and uh, Kale Gale, you know, letting us know about this, uh, this pretty neat money event. I haven't uh, been really attracted to money events, but this one sounds fun. Yeah, I think we've got some potential, Mike. Um, I really do. I, I, I feel confident in it. Um, like I said, it's it's a, it's a lot of legwork. Um, we're going to have it broadcasted. Um, you know, there's a, we've, we put in a lot of legwork. You know, there's going to be some hiccups on the, along the way with anything to kind of get the, like I said, the process ironed out. But I feel confident we're going to put on a great show and the racer's going to walk away uh, feeling like he ran in a professional race that was handled um and then you know we've got some some rules laid down to where you know it's going to be a clean race um if a guy's consistently giving us trouble um and he doesn't want to race clean i mean he'll be uh you know removed from from what we're trying to do so um we we really I, i really do mike i've got you know a lot of experience. Taylor's got a lot of experience. Uh, what we've got coming on board for admin staff, uh, myself personally doing iRacing, it's some of the best guys that I've ever uh, been a part of with, with league racing and, and, and the fairness. I feel like what we have is is about as good um, as we can make it. And if I can't do it the best, I ain't going to mess with it. So uh, that's what we're doing. We're shooting for the best. All right. Very good. Well, it sounds like fun. Uh, thanks for coming on, Kale Gill and Taylor Burris. Thanks for having us, guys. E-Driven Promotions, Facebook, October 1st, Myrtle Beach, War in the South. Thanks for having us on your podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And then, Taylor, make sure to send me uh, an update about how that first race went. We're gonna, we'll talk about it on the show as well. Of course. We'll be looking. Looking forward to coming back on and talking about that race and what's to come in the future. But once again, go follow us on Facebook. We'll also have a couple of more social media outlets once we get things rolling. But E-Driven Promotions, thank you guys over at the iRacers Lounge for having us come on board. All right, 10-4 there.
All right, we'll jump into uh, stories. Brian, you got the first one. Yeah, this is actually a really cool video. It's uh, posted on Twitter by Paul Smith. Okay, so nobody probably knows who Paul Smith is, but I bet all of you have heard him because he is the guy who does the voice for the new announcers on the ambient sounds and on the new uh, build. So, you know, so when you're at the track and you hear the background noise of the announcer uh, making some announcements in the stands, that's Paul. And he posted a video of the very first time he heard himself uh, on iRacing. So it's really cool. He's sitting there at his wheel. He's listening real closely. He hears his own voice in the, uh, in the announcer's booth and, uh, and he, ha- he has a great time with it. It's really cool. Yeah, very neat to see his reaction to hearing it uh, for the first time. And it's kind of a muffled, far away, you know, sound. You can't really understand what's being said, but you hear somebody talking. Yeah, it'd be be funny to find out what is actually being said. Is there a reason that he was used? Like, is it what he does in real life? He's on Race Spot TV. He's an announcer. I didn't even realize who he was. Like, that's what we were talking about here. Okay. Yeah, and there's another story we have of the other announcer who's featured in uh, in the ambient sounds, and we'll talk about that later. So uh, watch out. The Sim Racing Police are out there, and they reported on Twitter that the Porsche eSports Super Cup driver Max Benecki has been suspended for the next race of the series for intentionally wrecking another driver for the second time in the season. Ouch. Now, for, my first question is, how do they confirm this? Or has the iRacing actually put out the word, or does the Sim Racing Police actually have some authority here? No. iRacing is never going to actually say it anyways, because if they do, they're against their policy of letting everybody know something. They shouldn't. The only way that you should be able to find out is obviously him not showing up to the race. They cannot post saying that they've suspended him because... The, I don't, you know, that's against the privacy that we're supposed to be given, right? So how do these guys know? Unless, and maybe he's, uh, Max has been telling them. I don't know. Maybe he said something in a post or something. I don't know. Well, it says right here on the, on the, on the Twitter that they put their best detectives on the investigation. So. I see. So when he doesn't show up for the Porsche race, that's pretty much tells you, I think he's up there in the points too, if I remember right. Definitely is. I I've watched a little bit of the uh, Porsche Sports series, um, and um, yeah, he's he's up there in the top five for sure. Um, so yeah, this is going to hurt for uh, for his uh, hopes at a championship for sure. This is an interesting Twitter page. If you start scrolling through some of the stuff that they talk about on here, sometimes he, they have interesting stuff, and I do like to. Uh, now, if you look at if you click on Sim Racing Police and look at their front page, right at the top. You see the first tweet. They actually have a screenshot that lists number 11, Maximilian Benecke, intentional wrecking retaliation, one race suspension. This is like probably a screenshot out of the Porsche, you know, post-race report or something. You know, they they announce the penalties. Uh, they announce the points, this and that. I wonder if you're, um, you're accepted to one of these pro leagues, maybe you forfeit a little bit of the privacy when it comes to this kind of stuff so that, you know, they can keep the news current and uh, keep everybody informed what's going on. Well, this is an announcement for the league. It's not an announcement for the entire service. So it may, you know, that is a different set of rules. I would, I would guess. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying iRacing won't have anything to do with it because it's, it's the board, the 
the league promoters would be the ones that's making that. And it's probably something you, it's probably when you sign up for any league, it could be your, it could be knowledge here, but iRacing is never going to get involved and say someone's suspended because, yeah. you know, we don't get to hear any of that. They, they should, we should know when people have been protested and it actually successful. I don't like the system, but anyways, it's, it is what it is for now. This league, though, is run by iRacing. It's an official World Series or World Championship. Sure. But they, but are they sanctioned? They're not. Uh, there's someone that's actually running it through it, though, isn't it? I, I don't know how it, they work. I those think big I, series. I think iRacing does it. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a person in iRacing. I think that was just on the downshift. That's actually in charge of stewarding the the championship leagues. Well. They should be posting this stuff, especially in those pro league series. You know, they're they're running for money. They're they're being broadcasted. Uh, you know, they're trying to get viewers. They're trying to get people engaged. Well, this stuff here sets up drama. Like this is this is perfect. We want to see this kind of thing, right? You know, if somebody's going to intentionally wreck. Well, you want to see what the retaliation is. As a viewer, um, this is what helps you know drum up interest for people to keep coming back and. Oh, you know what's going to happen now is there going to be a rivalry, and you know it's 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 what they do in in um, in real racing, right? We know when somebody's been suspended or what the penalties are, and um, and they should do that for all those uh, you know top series that are are you know running for money and they're broadcasted and they're they're trying to emulate the the real thing. Um, it's. Yeah, this, we, we should know this. Um, but you're right, though, about, you know, iRacing reporting on that. They, they should just stay out of that and let the whoever's running those series um, do those posts. I like that idea, though. I mean, they're having them sign paperwork anyway. So um, just include that and uh, have it as part of it. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. We got uh, the first hot fix for season four come up and uh, – this time around, it's it's actually pretty small. Um, not really a whole lot to uh, report on. Just a lot of you know, like um, you know, little graphical fixes. You know, picnic tables sunken into the ground and trees too close together. Um, Corvette symbol. Corvette symbols that aren't right. Yeah, yeah. It's, did they did they add an ability to see the series standings to the UI? That will be in Hotfix 2, maybe 2.5. <laughs> so, but, uh, here, uh, now this was, I think this was one of the reasons they did it so quick. Fixed an issue which caused users to seemingly randomly be disqualified in official sessions immediately upon entering with an admin penalty. Like you get into the room and all of a sudden you're just black flagged before you even get in the car. That's just a minor penalty though, right? Black flag is only minor, right? Oh, I read that wrong. I thought that was under the AI section. That's why I didn't, I was like, just kind of glanced over it. And okay, I guess that's, that's kind of a big one. I've seen a few reports of it in the forums and stuff where people are like, hey, this happened and why? Can one of you answer me this part of the thing? What's an Australian specific ambient sound for Philip Isle that they've added? What do you think the sound is? It's that tube thing that they blow in and make cool sounds with. The Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. I was right thinking there. koala sounds, but kangaroo. Is, it, is, there, is there two kangaroos fighting on the outside with boxing gloves? 
You hear the punching sound? Like I, I just was. I would like to know what the actual sound was that they added. Some guy in the, uh, you know, in the stand saying Fosta. Is there another shrimp on the Barbie? Maybe, maybe the uh, fans in the stands are saying Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And David drops his internet connection. Bye, David. He's gonna have fun editing this one for sure. Well, that'll teach him for cutting in on our. Uh... Australian stuff. Well, you know, his connection dropped. He probably wasn't hearing what you were saying. Oh, that's a good call. That's probably what happened. Let's uh, continue with what David was talking about. So, Mike, do you want to take the road one here? Yeah. So, I mean, the the one I, um, I scrolled down to that stopped on was what are the full season participation details? And it was 17,754 drivers completed at least one full season. And, uh, hey, you're back. You, you uh, got booted there, David. You've been gone for like 60 seconds. And I've been talking this whole time. Yeah, we missed all that. So I was just telling the listeners about uh, the 24 hours of Le Mans shows 8,100. Uh, the 24 hours of Spa was 5,500. Um, Interestingly, the IMSA had a pretty big numbers at 17,000 total drivers. But the largest here is the MX-5 Cup, 43,600. I guess that makes sense in that it's, uh, you know, the free car, rookie class. And it's fun to drive, too. So uh, Disqualifying percentages was kind of interesting. The BMW Sim 120, 16%, which is more than double all the other ones below it. I'm guessing it's probably because it's got a low count for incidents, right? It would be because it's only, well, it's 100, this is 120 minutes races, right? Those are 120 minute races, right? Yeah, it is, this is a money race, too. So I think you're getting a different kind of people coming to it, too. So I'm guessing they probably have like, I don't even know what the incident is. It's got to be probably really low, though, for them to have that DQ percentage. Yeah, look at how disparate it's so disparaged uh, c- compared to the rest. So the rest of them are six or lower. But there's also only one of the one event every once in a while. They're not all the time, right? Yeah. All right, let's move on to Oval. Um, he's got this nice bar graph for the participation history over the last year or so, or longer, actually. And the 2020 season two was the highest. Uh, and then 2020 season three, just a little bit lower. But, summer drop uh, off. That'd be the summer drop off, right? You can really tell that there's a cycle to this. Uh, the spring and the summer are the heavy times. The fall and the winter are lower. Well, it's, you'd think, you know, it's, being on the oval one too, that's more based on the NIS too, right? You're going to look at the off seasons there where there, there's not... You know, in the wintertime, there's not going to be, there's no NIS, so that takes a little bit of participation. And a lot of people don't race very much in the wintertime. Well, even the fall, we've seen a huge, you know, drop-off in the number of people in NIS, or the early fall, late summer. Do you wonder what iRacing subscription count has, if it's gone down a little bit now since that bump that we had for, say, like the three-month three uh, subscription bump where people got stuff right after that whole uh, pro series that came in when the pandemic started. 
Do you think we've kind of started trailing off with some subscriptions to why the participation's gone down? It's a pretty good guess that it has, but uh, you know, it's they're still all they're still twenty thousand higher than they were before the bump. But you're gonna have back and forth all the time. Like it's you know, it's some of the things too, you see some of the depending on how people like the builds and stuff are going too, right? You see participation jump up and down depending on what it was in each build, right? Because that that build would be that season two build would have had the legend car, so that would have dropped that would have jumped up a lot of participation and some stuff too, right? Yeah, but I think the biggest factors of the bump was you know everybody being shut in, and then probably the biggest draw in the part that's dropping it, pulling it back down is everybody going back to work. That too. It's interesting to see also the I rating the amount of i rating that's in the the, the thousand to fifteen hundred range and staying there for the amount of people that participate is is crazy the the amount just how much there is in that range where you everybody's at yes scott yost uh on our stream has a good point too that football has started now both locally and nfl and school too you know who uh who might still be in school who who race probably don't have as much time to do it um yeah so anyway let's move on to the next one so what else do we have after oval dirt so we got dirt here um which i find is kind of interesting i didn't realize the dirt had as many participants in it as it does too like season two if you look at the amount it had over forty thousand unique drivers participate in it which is kind of uh, that's a big number for it for doubled the dirt. from yeah. season one yeah so that's obviously the bump for the pandemic and then it's still held on pretty good in season three right yeah that's the same pattern we saw on the other ones too like it's these graphs someone's put a lot of time in they definitely put a lot of time and effort into finding all this data but it's uh it's really well thought out and uh interesting to see what where people are participating right well, if you look at the numbers of total drivers on the different series, the, the most participation is the dirt street stock fixed and then the 305 sprint car. Uh, they 17,000 and 11,000 respectively. Yeah, that, that's interesting, Mike. But also on that same line, the dirt street street, street stocks are, only have 283 full seasoners, where the, um, the, the dirt 305s have 1,000 compared to that. So it's like five times more people who are doing the full season of the 305, even though the dirt street stocks are actually getting more people total. I think people try the dirt street stock, but they don't run it, you know, because it's one of those free uh, pieces of content that everybody gets. That number is ridiculous, though, if you look at it compared to the other two series trying to find what the biggest participation is at 108,000 races. Nothing. I think Road only had a 43,000 races in the Fanatec MX-5 Cup. Like, that's a lot. That's a double the difference. Like, dirt is really popular in that rookie series right i just gotta say rob crouch from australia you are amazing for putting together these stats for us i mean this is what iRacing should be presenting to us in their new special ui um, at the end of the season automatically is these beautiful graphs that rob they should hire rob and just have him do it love it how about them cams brian 
<laughs> they were warped in Atlanta at, at Road Atlanta, Silverstone Spa, and Road America. So, um, so he was having issues when he was watching the replay in the in the uh, chase cameras and the uh, far chase and all. And uh, so uh, he reported it on the forums. And uh, Nick Leap, who is the staff member, he replied that he sees what he means, and he's going to pass it on to the art team to try to fix that issue. Yeah, so Road Atlanta, Silverstone, Spa, Road America have some kind of problem with the Chase camera, so be aware of that. Do you need a setup? Well, uh, Craig's setup shop has put out his list of employees, I guess you could say, or people who are doing the setups for each series. Uh, a lot of familiar names. I accidentally was replying when we posted this in the in the chat. I accidentally replied to the tweet instead of the chat and talking about how much of a beast Patrick Pelchat is because whenever he's in the race, he usually laps me. So guy's really fast. He does the LMP one setups. A lot of a lot of the big names on here. Matt Busa does all the oval races. Right, Matt Busa sets are usually really good, so that's a, a good option. Uh, Craig setup if. You're looking. Uh, do you know how much it is? Um, Tony is actually Tony Rosette is actually the one who does our does the uh, Craig shut up. Craig, blah, blah, blah. I think it's five bucks a month. Here. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. They do have a, a website, CraigSetupShop.co.uk. Uh, they have a yearly deal at fifty. I don't know if that's one car or what, but I would assume it's one car. I think you have it. At, no, it's, it's access to everything. Wow, that's some big names there to help out. Hey, Tony, are you in a haze? One would think so most of the time with my uh, beautiful transition style. But uh, Alex Horn actually posted uh, a video up on the Twitter um, from Wild West Motorsports Park showing a nice hot, hazy morning. Uh, it's about a 45 second video, just kind of watching the clouds roll by in a, you know, in a bit of a fog, but uh, you know, kind of showing what... Um, uh, what iRacing has been doing with their, with their rendering of all that stuff. And, um, and I don't usually get to see that stuff, but, uh, when people post videos, man, does it look good? I was going to say, go full screen with the video. It really makes a difference because you're looking through the atmosphere and, and it's not perfectly clear, you know, like it is hazy because of the, the moisture in the air and different things. And boy, it just gives it that really realistic feel it's fun to go into hosted races sometimes and have the fog turned all the way up where visibility is almost affected didn't we have a race at martinsville the one time that was really 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 overcast and it almost looked like a fog i think there was one of the they, they set the thing to as low as they possibly could for nis and we had a a really cold martin track martin soil track I don't remember any official race ever being noticeably foggy. But uh, one place where you don't really have to worry about the fog is on short courses, like Crandon. Right? Jim Beaver Esports, as along with Crandon International Speedway, is doing the Jim Beaver Esports Short Course Crandon World Cup. It's going to be streaming on Saturday, I guess this Saturday, at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. On Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, it's going to be the Pro 4 Trucks at Crandon to celebrate the release. Looks like it's going to be fixed setup, uh, practice for about 20 minutes, five laps of qualifying heats for five laps, and a main event of 10 laps. Um, 
And the winner is going to receive a set of four Yokohama Light Track tires and two VIP passes to the 2021 Polaris World Championship off-road races at Crandon International Raceway. That's a pretty good prize pack. Looks like you can still register, too. Um, Yeah, so it's at the Jim Beaver uh, eSports website, the Down and Dirty Show. Uh, dot com and you can go there and uh, actually register they have a form to fill out looks like you have to upload your paint as well uh, for the broadcast uh, so get on it guys that looks like fun if I didn't work Saturday I would be on this it looks like I've got, a, got another option to jump in a, for a race with some prize Mike yeah this one sounds cool too it's called the almost pro 10k open it says, iRacers will hop behind the wheel of the global Mazda MX-5 Cup car and race around the Roval at Charlotte, competing for a share of a $10,000 prize pool, as well as other great prizes from Intel. Now, this is put on by iRacing, and it's iRacing.com. Uh, Paxel Most Pro is, I guess, the way it's uh, named. But it will take place during the PAX online show in September, and uh, it's powered by Intel, apparently. So what do you guys think of this one? I mean... Uh, I can't stand to drive that car anymore. Other than that, it, it's a nice deal. Nice prize pool. Okay, so it says here you can do uh, log in from Thursday, September 10th through Wednesday, September 16th, and attempt to run a lap in the time attack session to access the time attack click on go racing and select time attack competitions on the left side pick the pax almost pro time attack from the list the top 40 will qualify for the main event on saturday september 19th i gotta say like there is a lot of money being thrown around this episode that we're talking about right Um, and it like it's it's for sure a good thing um kind of just kind of blown away by like this is the the third one we've talked about tonight um you know giving out money i think we got a title money race it's all about the benjamins that's right <laughs> so again the race is on shot i need to get saturdays off so what i need to do well things that uh bring in the benjamins for iRacing, they just they posted their uh season four uh build highlight uh video which once again was done really well um the nice thing about it was if you if you didn't read any of the release notes or anything like that it it gives you an idea of exactly what you gotten for this this time and it shows you all the stuff you really need to know about the build and um i'm sure mike your favorite parts about the ui in there um but uh no they they did a really good job of getting conveying all the stuff that you need to know to uh for this build and uh it's probably one of the last things we're going to say about this build that uh going for a highlight video but it's nice to see um them show everything here i like it to call it a visual release notes if you're a real visual person and you don't like to read Man, this is a great five minutes of your time because it does show everything that they put out. Visually. I don't remember them. Yeah, I don't remember them ever doing that before any for any of the previous uh, build weeks. Do you? They've done it this year. This is the year that they've started doing it. 
Well, they have so much material leading up the week before, and this is almost like a, a you know an edit of all those together. I'm sure they reused the the, for the videos they had from previous. But they have like they even add like things that are just quick things in here. Like okay, they're showing you the tracks that the AI is now added to. They're showing you, um, you know, the F1 car going around the track about with about its tires and all the new uh, uh, MG uh, MG UK deployment system and all that stuff. Just those extra little things that they didn't have videos out with that they now the uh, yeah it's just those little things that you know you might get lost when you read that big note too like that's a lot of stuff to to read through and if you you might miss it in there but having a visual of it you're right mike like it's 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 a great way to have a release note visually plus watching it makes you uh you want to race too right like <laughs> seeing all this new content makes you pe- people want to buy it too yeah go buy it but i still haven't bought crandon i want to so um, Jason Martin uh, 3, he actually may have uh, stumbled on the next release for the next coming season. He was, uh, he was doing a test session with the Gander trucks at the Chevys at Texas. And at the top of the screen, he saw this. It said a BMX file missing error at the top of the screen there. And, uh, well, maybe BMX is in the next soon to come to high racing, but... Uh, no, apparently not. Uh, Michael Berg from the staff responded. He said uh, he re- looked into it. It's nothing that affects the gameplay or anything, but it's annoying, obviously. And uh, so they're going to take care of it. I'm not sure what that code is, but I don't think it's actually a bicycle. It sounds like fun, though. Let's race BMX. That would be an interesting. Uh, that'd be an interesting thing to do. <laughs> They'd have to. There were some interesting tracks you could race on, I guess, with it. I kind of perked up when I first saw the forum title and with the word BMX in it. I'm like, hmm, this will be interesting. There are uh, video games for uh, bicyclists, though, if uh, you weren't aware. It's a, it's a program called Zwift, and I actually use it. It's um, I have a, a, a trainer that goes on the back of your bicycle, and, it, uh, and you get digitally put into a, a game or a, a ride and it takes you through courses and as you're cycling uh the the uh tension increases and decreases with going up hills and down hills it's it's actually pretty neat oh i've seen for road cycling yeah tony Kanon does that stuff exactly yeah the gym there's a lot of guys who do it yeah the gym i work at it has a big screen that's linked to all the bicycles too and where you can actually be in a, in a little theater room going up and down hills so you could you could race the what is it the Tour de France if you want? Do they give you an e-bike option on those things? Probably, but that kind of oh. defeats the purpose. No, you get a two-person bike and let the other person bike for you, right, Tony? One of the hey. seven. One of the seven. <laughs> we'll get we'll get Tony a sidecar. <laughs> do you guys believe in UFOs? I'm from Phoenix, and I we did. had the Phoenix UFO Phoenix lights once. And that's not too far from Area 51, right? Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time, UFOs are a real thing, but there's a you know a more legitimate explanation for them, and that's the case here as well. We have a bunch of just mystery lights popping up on this replay, and the staff noticed it, and it's backfire rendering in the wrong place. Backfire from the exhaust, right? Mm-hmm. But it's up in the sky, and it makes it look like a UFO just darted across the sky. Yeah, Chris Roberts put up a video of it, and uh, it does look like a UFO when you look at it. It's interesting. 
Yeah, it was. It, there was definitely something out of whack there. Maybe they're just previewing, um, you know, season one in the December build. They're bringing the DeLorean over. UFO racing. There you go. Pod racing, you know, Star Wars style. Yeah, there were several reports. We actually have two uh, different links here um, of people reporting this, um, where it was this floating around the area next to the pit entrance is where the, the backfire was. Can you imagine the, just the code? Where the, Trying to figure out where that happened in the code. How about last week where we had the brake caliber as a shifter? Well, how about some other things that are out of whack? Like maybe a wheel, but then again, maybe not. Some some guys were noticing that steering wheel is off center uh, from the driving position on the new LMP2 car. And they're kind of wondering if that was an error. But uh, Brian Simpson says, nope. In real life, that wheel is actually off center. The sim is built to CAD, so it's right. You guys kind of weirded out by that. I don't, David. Are you, I'm sure you've got this car, right? No, I haven't bought it yet. I've, I haven't had time to really dig into the new cars. This is uh, this Delara. is more, co- this is more common than you think, Tony. The uh, there's even lots. I don't know if you've been in some transport trucks. You'll have the steering wheel just a little bit not straightening where your sitting position is, and uh, it's just the way that they design it, I guess. So no, actually, I've never experienced that. So does it it My not sit? Does it not sit literally like symmetrical to your shoulders when you're driving? It's 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 kind of an odd feeling the way it, it looks in some trucks. If you've seen it, it's it's not very many makes have done it, but it, it kind of throws you off when you first sit it the first time because you think it's you're sitting in the seat wrong, but it's just the way that they built the seat trying to keep it away from the door. I think so. I'm sure there's a point to it for for racing, but I don't know. I don't get it. Why would you put a steering wheel off center? <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like figure out the other stuff. Put the damn steering wheel in front of you. Why do they put the Why do they put the driver's seat on the driver's side when you only have one person in the car? Why wouldn't they just put it in the center? So well, I don't know. Brian don't know. Puckett on the forum he's post. He said, "Sit in almost any GM produced vehicle, and you'll notice the steering is off center." I never realized that. That's that's interesting. You want to know why to you probably don't notice that your body probably takes. Your also your body will eventually adapt to it, right? So Joe Sinclair Jr. He said um, he's been resetting his HMD while holding his head to the side a little bit. So when I move back to center, it looks correct. Yeah, I was going to say you could probably uh, correct that in uh, VR by just uh, recalibrating your sitting view. You know. But like that's that. gonna that's gonna throw off where the corner of the car is when you're making corners, and probably not far enough to where it's enough where it's gonna screw up your. If you can move between right and left hand side of the car, I don't think a little off center is gonna really kill it too bad. David, I'm sure you've been a part of uh, some of these before, and some of these some of these wrecks. Something happened under the pace lap. Yeah, this happens in IMSA a lot. It's not as bad in uh, Le Mans series, believe it or not. But IMSA sometimes there'll be a wreck before we even get going, and then you know they, it's going to be a forty-five minute race, but they've got to win it on lap one. But this is actually AI. It looks like an AI race was set up by Samuel Raymond at Watkins Glen, and they piled up on the pace lap. 
So they're side by side on the pace lap and they come up to the backstretch and the outside lane just plows into the wall, all of them. That's, that's interesting. I actually, uh, I set up an AI race at Watkins Glen in the uh, skippies. And uh, I think I ran like four races there. And I think half of them, the cars didn't make it through the pace lap in the, in the bus stop. They couldn't figure that out for whatever reason. Which car is that? Is that the Delara three F three? No. Maybe the Indy Pro or the Indy Light. Well, there is a, a thing in the update today that says AI drivers have received additional training for the following vehicle, the Delara F3. There you go. Yeah, that's it. In other words, they found a glitch. No, exactly. they trained them better. <laughs> they went back to school. All right. Now, this story here, it's kind of funny that uh, I got this story, but uh, what's the kid's name? Uh on the Forza Horizon community uh, page, um, Kathy Hay. Jojo posted, Hay. Jojo Hay. So Kathy Hay posted for her, her son, Jojo Hay, built a Lego steering wheel to play his Forza um, Xbox game. And um, the reason he's done this is obviously he didn't have a wheel, so he designed this thing. There's a video on this page discussing what, or you're showing you how it works and everything. Um, and it's got a handbrake and everything. Like <laughs> I used to do Lego and whenever I or do everything in Lego when I was a kid for for school and projects and things like that. I couldn't even think about building a steering wheel setup for it. So this kid, um, man, good. He did a great job doing this. And uh, Mike, I'll leave you to describe it in a sec here. But um, he's also got a GoFundMe page trying to get himself a, a wheel to run on his Xbox um, as well. Well, this kid is a bit of a, you know, well, engineering prodigy, so to speak. Like, yeah. um, you know, not only did he just build all this out of Lego, but it's all adapted to work off that Xbox controller, which is, um, you know, not an easy feat. And he looks as if he's, you know, working it like a little uh, delicately. But if when you watch the video, it just that's where he finds it the most comfortable. But hey, he's wheeling that thing it's great input um it's doing exactly what he wants to do on the screen so um and i just love it when he grabs that that you know the handbrake and you know rock and roll he's just i saw this video and i was absolutely like just blown away how this can come up with this like oh got a problem parents don't want to pay to uh you know get the wheel i'll show you guys we'll just we'll make this work i love this fanatic needs to sign this guy up the best part is, is it looks like he's got a seat from maybe a minivan seat or something he's sitting on as well that he's using to just as his racing seat. The throttle blows me away. I mean, he's got a throttle where he's down by his foot, but it's hooked to a long pole that goes up to where the controller is. And the same with the handbrake and stuff. I mean, the in, like you said, the engineering behind this is quite amazing, actually. And it's Legos. I mean, it is small and delicate, the little wheel. And it's got that Formula One kind of look to the wheel. But it's real tiny because it's made out of Legos. And he's being delicate with it because it's Legos. But it works. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, if you watch him go at it, like, it works really, really well. Um you know, like I 3D printed uh, one of those wheels that clip onto a PS4 controller just to, you know, see how they work and mess around. And I, I, I didn't find they work all that great. Um, but, 
you know, this kid, he's got it figured right out. Now, the question I have with this is to, I know he sees he's delicate, obviously, because he's wondered maybe of it falling apart. If he's got placed things in there that he could, like, um, what I used to do when I was a kid, I, I did, I guess I did to one of my things because uh, I didn't want to let it ever break. You just put a little dab of glue in between when you assemble it and you'll never come apart. So if you wanted to leave it that way and not break it or something, maybe adding some glue to it might be better. But the way it works is like, it's so neat and it lets him do whatever he wants when he's racing. So good for him. So the other thing I was going to say here, so if you want to go help him out, uh, raise some money for to buy himself a wheel, um, you go to GoFundMe and the title of it is 11 year old boy uh, made Lego racing wheel wants a real one. Um, right now he's, he has a goal for a thousand dollars, but he's raised $225 so far. Wow, let's get him a few more dollars, guys. He can get him a Logitech wheel. Someone, you know, sports him another hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, he's got enough to cover it. Uh, boy, with a goal of a thousand, maybe he's looking for a, a nicer one, a DD, a, a direct drive. Any of these companies, if they see this, they should pop on board this and, and get this kid a wheel. Yeah, Fanatec should just gift this guy one. No, they should hire him on their design team. There you go. Well, go help him out, yeah, on the GoFundMe. That's pretty cool. Uh, next up, I'm going to talk about the 87 NASCAR Legends car again, part two. This is a new segment for Mike. We're going to call it the Rest in Peace segment for Mike. We're going to have different things each week for you, right, Mike? I don't know. I mean, this thread <laughs> keeps going because there's so many people passionate about this car and what's happened to it. And In fact, the league that we're running tonight has actually changed the car from the 87 legend to the arca car because of the problems and so we're running arca tonight but we do have an update uh, after i've been watching this thread and uh mike watson who rarely posts he is a, a member of iRacing. i don't know exactly what he does but <clears throat> he said as matt said previously building a historical car on historical tires to run on a modern track with no tire or performance data available is no simple matter. We feel our engineers have done an admirable job of getting it in the ballpark for the initial build, but they've heard the concerns in this thread about the current build and they're looking into how they might guide development moving forward. And so that's great that they've acknowledged uh, what everyone is saying about this car and uh, they're looking at uh, seeing what they can do about it. It's kind of interesting what they were talking about um you know, trying to adapt something that obviously doesn't exist on the racetrack nowadays so that there isn't less information. Dale Jr. and um, on his the download this week was kind of talking about what they could do to try and make some of these tracks better with uh, sealing the track. I guess Richmond, they were talking about sealing the track. But they only used to do that with uh, with the bias ply tires. They never used to do it. They have never tried it with, I guess, these radial tires or something. Um, and they were questioning what they were doing. So it shows you you know when you don't have the data you don't know how it's going to react type thing they're, they're afraid to what it would do to different tires so maybe it's just they the bias ply tire just they don't have enough data to accurately make it or something for it mike i don't know i, I don't know i mean uh in the thread a lot of times we're comparing to old youtubes from 1987 of the races and how and then seeing what the lap times are and then there was another guy saying, okay, watch Kale Yarborough go up through the gears 
and watch what he's doing with the brake. They show a, a thing where they show him using the brake and the throttle like a foot cam. And so, I mean, that's the kind of data we have to work with to try to build this car into what, you know, Cale Yarbrough used to drive. So I'm, I'm intrigued, you know, just kind of watching from the side about the process and, and, you know, how, what is the thought process of making the changes to the car? I love the car still. I hope they, they kind of put it back the way it was though. And I'm sure they will. Yeah. And I, and um, he makes a great point, you know, they're they're dealing with the, with stuff where they don't really have any real data and uh, they're just doing the best they can to try to get it right. And it's great that they're listening to the community to, uh, to see how, how uh, they feel like it's going, you know, it's a, uh, it's nice that they're, that they're, that they're taking the community in consideration on that. So this actually happened to me a couple of days ago. I had a, I was at the end of a Bristol race and coming to the white flag, it just completely hard froze. Uh, luckily I was, already the last car on that lap that i was on so it didn't make a huge difference in my finish there are some things that can you can do that might help that include making sure that most of the programs that use are used with iRacing are running as administrator that includes trading paint and vrs if you're using those uh and if you're using the user interface you can also run it as an administrator to make sure that the sim is running as administrator and that's supposed to help with some of these issues yeah they were saying in this thread if you ran ir ffb program and you didn't run it as an administrator and you launched through the old website it was fine but if you launched through the beta ui it wasn't fine and the fix was to run it as an administrator. So again, the new UI, you have to do something different than you had to do before. I don't know if I like that. But they're working on it. David Tucker put in there on this thread, uh, hey, great find. Uh, we'll try to track it down on our end. All right, guys. So uh, apparently there was a, a patch. Looks like it was this morning at 9 o'clock. Um, so they uh, did another patch. Um, it was. Uh, this is actually the hot fix that Greg already talked about. This this link is, is the just the one? it's the this is just the announcement of when it's going to happen. Oh. Okay, so we already went over the notes of that one. So, yeah, so apparently it was done this morning, and uh, it went pretty smooth. Apparently, you could you could have test uh, done test sessions during the uh, patching, but but nothing else. But uh, I guess everything went pretty smooth. It said uh, it says on here that everything went fine. I really wish that they would leave that test session up a little bit longer like i worked obviously during the day so when they bring the servers down it kind of sucks you can never really test it out yeah that's a fun to do the test drive thing i've done cars i don't own using that i wish they would the thing is is you can try any car on any track you own but you can't try any track so if you don't own the track you can't try the track what they what they i, I always thought about this what if they did a 10 minute session or something that you could um try something just before you bought it you get one chance at trying it before you buy it and well, can't you unbuy something within a certain amount of time i don't know about that but the test drive is a blast and uh yeah it i it'd be neat if they, they kept it open like you said for 24 hours on a build day how about another money race tony <laughs> excuse me i was kind of napping this uh the bmw uh sim 120 cup 
I guess it's back this Sunday. Man, shows you how much I've been paying attention. I don't know anything about this. Um, but apparently it's, a, it's the fifth event of the season at Road Atlanta. A two-hour event. And this is a team race for two hours? Yeah, you basically have to um, do one hour per driver. Okay, that's that's different. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Sorry, I totally blew they've, this one. They've been doing that this way for this series for since the beginning with two drivers. That's how they. It's kind of a. It's kind of a neat way to get the championship and uh, between the, the two drivers, like because uh, who won it last year? Was it Josh Rogers and uh, who was he with? I'm trying to remember who it was last year that won it. So, with them just having like the two drivers, is it just a like kind of like a, a a gimmick, or is there a, like a point to having two drivers? Well, it makes sure it's still a team event in, um, instead of a single driver. Uh, a short team those, event. Yeah, it's a short team event. It's essentially a sprint. Each driver is going to have time to do about one stint. Uh, the GTE's fuel tank usually lasts right at about an hour. So one guy runs, the other guy comes in, gets fuel, and, and runs, and the race is over. Now, any of these team, any team standings in an official series is not actually team standings. Each individual collects their own points. It's just whoever you run with, y'all get the same points for that race. Okay. And the reason... All right, yeah. Sorry, Todd. The reason they kind of do it, too, is obviously, you know, these guys are top-of-the-line drivers. Some of the people that have, you know, they're the great drivers, so there's, like, barely any difference between it. But, like, if you had, say, someone with David's skill level and my skill level on road courses in the variance between the two of us you're going to have a different race. Say David, you know, drives up front for a while. Well, then I get in the car and I drop it off. It kind of gives an average out, right? It's not like, you know, when you're one driver in it for two hours, you'd be like David drives driving up front the whole time, right? It kind of just makes the race more interesting. Okay. Now does this, does this series like mimic a real life deal? Do they do this in real life? Have like a two hour event uh, with two guys? I'm not aware of one specifically, actually. I don't know if the uh, there's a a series in M that's related to IMSA that's just the prototype challenge, but I don't know if that's a single driver or two drivers or the whole team. I think this is BMW just wanting a piece of the pie, um, you know, yeah. with Porsche headlining all the other stuff, and then when we got that BMW car. That's when this stuff started. So I, it has something to do with BMW wanting, and they're they're surely putting up the money too. It's their, oh. their own thing, right? It's like it's a different thing than just running a same type of series as Porsche too, right? It's their own gimmick. Right, right, okay. So it's just to set them aside from everyone else and um, drum up uh, interest in 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 their product that they're trying to put out on through iRacing. Okay, that's cool. I dig that. I didn't understand why they would do yeah, it. It's only one car it. you can drive and that's the BMW M8. And this Okay, this, no, that's cool. This series started not shortly after the BMW was introduced. It's probably part of the deal. Hey, we'll let you scan the car, but we want a special series. We'll provide the purse, you know. Now, it sounds like uh, Tony needs some of these how-to videos to understand some of these series. <laughs> I don't need a how-to video. I've got you guys talking to me in a podcast. I learn everything. It's great. Uh, what Greg doesn't need is a how-to uh, video for transitions. Uh, iRacing is releasing a series of how-to videos, actually, and the most recent one that they're putting out, they actually have a whole channel. 
the most recent one they're putting out, Mike is going to tell us about, and it has to do with interface control. Yeah, there was an introduction video, and then they did part one interface, which is basically the black boxes. They kind of went through those, discussed like Alt-K, where you can move it around and resize it using the page up, uh, control page up, control page down, and just stuff like that, you know, tips and tricks. You know, you can use the function keys or the mouse to go from your, you know, through your black boxes and so forth. I think that's the first of a series of these that are coming out, right? Exactly. So they, there's several older videos that they have in this playlist, but they're refreshing and kind of going through and making some new ones, uh, specifically with uh, the new UI. But but this video really takes it back to the basics, you know, like you're in the sim. Oh, there's this black box on the right. This is what it does. Well, and this helps anybody when they first get in to get it get everything where they wanted to get it right like i you now speaking for the vr side of it when you're in vr these icons are not like they are in a monitor they're, they're kind of all over the place so you really need to specifically put them where you want them to if you're going to have them on screen in the right spot so that when you're looking around they're not they're not obstructing um where the d like because when they're default they're sitting in the middle of the car and things like that when you first get in the sim, when you first start VR. So it's, it's a good thing to have to understand where to move it and how they all work. Yeah, for a new iRacer, I would recommend, hey, go watch this playlist. Uh, it's several videos in a row. It might take you an hour, but boy, you'll know so much more if you just sit through that hour. It's just going all back to remembering how how it went for Jimmy Johnson when he jumped in on on real short notice. Yeah, iRacing is pretty involved, and it doesn't have doesn't really have an instruction manual. It's all kind of pass the knowledge down or go learn it by trial by error. So this is definitely useful information. Yeah, and he had a coke driver sitting there next to him trying to help him too. You know, and he was still lost. Yeah, and I bet I bet you there's uh, more than a few people who have been racing it for years who didn't know that you could move the boxes around and rescale them and all. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people that didn't know that you can turn telemetry on and off. You're always, if you've, you may have had it on all the time recording your own telemetry and you didn't know that you're saving files to your, to your uh, hard drive without, if you're not using it, like some people just come in a race and don't do telemetry for setups and things like that. And they could have a whole file building up of telemetry that they don't even know about. I'd, don't think it's on by default though so that would be a no that would be rough but if you accidentally click it what's the default key is it control l uh yes i believe it's control l well i've mapped up my uh keyboard mappings more than once and uh i'm sure that a lot of people have done that so the two most important things that I see as important when you're on, you, you want something on the screen is obviously you want your your black box there, but you're going to obviously want to be on your uh, in race. You're going to want to be in the relative black box most of the time. And the thing that I use the most as well is the the frames per second uh, data in the top corner, just so you know how the sim's running. I like the uh, gear shift, the gear and the throttle and the brake. Uh visual representation i actually put that dead center in my monitor so it's right in my view um i don't know i just like the the visual of the break I, I i don't know it just makes me more confident i can feel it under my foot but i can see it visually as well so it's like a heads-up display 
I don't know what key that is, but there's a key for it, but it's usually off on the left side, but I take it and move it right into the dead center. Yeah, that probably helps make you uh, more consistent on your braking and everything. Well, or if you're trying to, you know, maybe save fuel on an oval run, and um, you can use that as a reference where you're lifting off so it's only at 95% instead of 100%, and, and you get that visual reference of, you're, oh, I'm trying to hit 92%. I need to save a little more. I'm going to back it from 95 to 92. And that visual representation helps me do that. Anyway, uh, Greg, we had problems with Sydney's server farm. So I'm just going to read a post here from uh, Nicholas Bailey, um, just giving some insight on what happened here. So it says three of the servers in the Sydney farm uh, were taken offline by one of our, our providers in Sydney um, at uh, 1345 ED time. Um, uh, they gave us the wrong maintenance window, which was last week, and uh they had removed uh, these servers, servers from the service, then replaced them with additional, uh, with an additional capacity at another provider. Uh, we brought them back online once the maintenance window was over. Unfortunately, they have begun the real uh, they have begun the real maintenance window for these servers. Uh, we are bringing up additional capacity in the Sydney now, and will be will not bring the servers at this provider back online until they can uh, confirm that the maintenance is actually complete. So they're just apologizing for any inconvenience that's caused by uh, this problem. Sounds like they interrupted some sessions, uh, but I didn't see any other reports from actual drivers uh, confirming that, but. Just regular maintenance that's kind of gone wrong this time for them, I guess. Just Scheduling working, staffing. Working flaws out. So uh, you guys remember that really video of that Crandon land rush start of the race that they Man, did? Man, that looks fun. Yeah, it was. Oh, it's uh, they're not using it because there was they they discovered a bug in that land rush start at the Crandon Pro Truck races. So, so until that they fix this issue, that bug with it, um, Tyler Hudson announced on the forums that they're going to just use rolling starts for the trophy trucks, the Pro Twos and Pro Fours in that series, just until they get that thing figured out. So you're going to wait a little bit longer to get for those land rush starts then. Now, my question is, do they not, uh, so the, the problem isn't actually what we're thinking the problem is. It's an actual glitch. It's not the fact that nobody can get into turn one. <laughs> I don't Probably. know. Well, um, I, I, I don't have that track yet or anything, but, um, from what it looks like, I thought the land rushes were actually not part of the normal track. Like they were starting off the track in the grass. So I, I guess, I guess a rolling start would still work. It just seems like it would be completely different with a rolling start as compared to, to that big land grab rush that they do from off track. They've probably placed the trucks back on the track so that you're probably not in that area and at all when you're rolling around. So you're just rolling around from a certain starting point on the track and then go green at the line or something like that. Yeah, that or it works like the new tracks that have all the cup cars starting sideways where you have to peel out one at a time. Yeah. And that works real well sometimes, too. Yeah, I wonder if that bug had anything to do with it not starting on the track, because I don't know of any other series or races that you don't actually start on the race surface. Well, maybe if we get that BMX thing, that wouldn't start on the surface. Well, speaking of uh, racers from other disciplines, pa Pastrana and Daly are, is it Daly or Daly? Daly. Daly are no, on the run. Connor Daly. 
It Daily. is Connor Daly. Okay, they're going to run the trucks, the real trucks, at Las Vegas, and it's kind of neat. Uh, the it's he's uh, Travis is also the Nitro Circus founder, and he's teaming up with the IndyCar driver Connor Daly, and they're going to run the September twenty fifth truck race at Vegas. Um, they're both members, and they've actually built a friendship in the LCQ League in that Landon Castles League that runs. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. And so they're they're running, uh, I guess, as teammates at Vegas. Pretty neat. Yeah, with iRacing sponsorship uh, for Nice Motorsports. With all the sponsorship, they they got with all the sponsors that Travis Pastrana has, they're using iRacing. I guess it's just to promote iRacing. Well, Nice well, he- Motorsports is known for ride buying right now, you know, and um, I think they just put uh, what's his name in there who bought a ride for one week i forget his name trevor bain yeah he just bought a ride and then we've had ty majeski at nice motorsports with i racing as well a couple times but he's left them now it's just whoever has a check this week is getting the ride but i racing put up a check for these two guys and uh i think it's cool i mean to travis pastrana I mean, he draws a lot of uh, attention for sure. And then this is the first time Connor da- Daly has been in a NASCAR ever in his life, and there's going to be no practice. And so he's going to start the green flag of the race, literally have never taken a lap. Well, the good thing is is that will make it with their qualifying, uh, um, the way they qualify right now, he'll have no results. So that means he'll start at the back at least. Well, I think you, you you hit the nail on the head, Mike. Um, you know, Travis Pastrana and both Connor Daly, like they, they bring a lot to the table just with, um, you know, the reach with their fans that they have. Like Pastrana's huge with what he does and Connor Daly's huge with what he does. And, um, you know, by driving the iRacing branded truck could uh, just open up iRacing to a whole lot more eyeballs that may not have uh, heard of it or seen it yet. So um that, that's it's a huge win even if it's just for uh one race uh it's, you know it's a bit gimmicky but um whatever that's it's it's definitely a neat thing like pastrana's not new to to racing uh trucks he's done it before i think it's trucks that he's yep. running before yeah so um no this this will be neat it'll be an interesting to uh to watch and see how these guys um you know, fair out like Pastrana. I don't think he's been in a truck for a couple of years now. And then, you know, like you guys said, Connor Daly's never been in one. So, um, but they're both accomplished racers and they have that racing mentality. So it'll, it'll be neat to, to see. And hopefully they don't, uh, Quinn Huff it. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like we've got one more news item to cover. I racing apparently has a new page for the support. I think it's the old link, but uh, we're covering it for some reason. The link is support.iracing.com slash support slash home. And it's got a lot of frequently asked questions on there. Now, there's a link similar to this where you can actually go look at, uh, or you used to be able to go look at and see if your outstanding support tickets and process and, and things like that. Um, but that link is no longer working. So I don't know if this is new or old. Yeah, this is just a reminder that the, that it is out there. They do have a frequently asked question knowledge base that you can search and get. Uh, they have several articles that they've built up over the last 11 years, you know, and uh, just a reminder that it's out there. Don't forget. I wonder if they're going to put that in the UI. 
Did you ask? Did you type in the frequently asked question? Ask where the stats were in the UI, Mike. I didn't, but that's a good idea. So before we uh, run away, let's not forget that um, you know, the Rallycross World Championships is returning next week. Uh, Jonathan Simon reminded us on Twitter that uh, the 2020 season of the iRacing World Championship of Rallycross is coming back. And uh, they posted up on the Twitter, it was a profile of the returning champion, Mitchell, is it DeJong or DeJong or? DeJong. Uh, I'll go. We'll go with DeJong. Yeah, and if you check uh, Jonathan Simon's Twitter feed, uh, he not only profiles uh, Mitchell, but also Bobby Zielinski, who's running uh, as well as Sammy Matty Trogren, uh, the Norwegian. Man, Mitchell DeJong has done nothing in the series this year. All these P1s and nothing done. <laughs> what a what a stat line, though, eh? All these feature wins for him. He had to miss. T- I, I like he missed two ra- rounds on Mr. Zazong here because he was competing at the world's fastest gamer event. But then, so I'm going to read off his finishes here that he did run P2, P1, 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 P4, P1, P1. Did you see the biggest stat here? I think zero incident points. He's going to be tough to beat, but uh, Bobby Zielinski is no slouch. And then Sammy Matty Trogan, he's a real uh, rally cross driver. So it looks like John Simon is uh, doing a profile on on maybe all of the drivers, but at least some of them. It looks like daily he's putting out uh, a little profile. So check it out. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And with that, let's go to podcast housekeeping notes. Don't forget we're on the Performance Motorsports Network. We've had several listeners send us uh, stories uh, by email at iracerslounge at gmail.com. I certainly appreciate that. When we get into hardware, we're going to, I had like four or five people send me the same story. So we we had some real popular ones. Uh, And with that, let's jump on to fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. Well, 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 this uh, Richmond was the first race this year that I actually uh, didn't watch. I was getting my butt handed to me in uh, poker last Saturday. Um, But I still was able to, I missed pulling out my my garage, but it didn't really matter who I had in my garage needed to stay in the garage anyhow. So it kind of worked out for me. I personally didn't do... um, all that great but uh enough to you know still hold on to the league but there you know there has been a little bit of changing happening um uh res dog has peeked his head and he's coming after me with vengeance too he's moving up the leaderboard pretty darn quick he kicked smiling ninja out of second place and uh he's certainly within striking distance of taking over the lead so um if i want to hang on to this lead i better uh, smarten up my picks and uh, um, just kind of figure it out a little better for uh, for Bristol this Saturday. So don't forget to get the picks in for um, Saturday night racing at Bristol. Um, this one's going to be a tough one this week. Um, a lot of beating and banging and um, a lot of tempers going to be flaring and, you know, we could get lucky and see another, you know, like Matt Kenseth, uh, Joey Logano deal. We could only hope that was a lot of fun to watch there a couple of years back, but, uh, let me throw down a quick, uh, top 10 is, uh, 
Myself's in first place, TG1 Racing, ResDog second place, Smiling Ninjas in third, KBM is in fourth place, Justin Time is in fifth, GI JoJo's in sixth, Laird Racing's in seventh, Carrie Seal is in eighth, Jedi McFly is in ninth, and Romance Girls made her way up into tenth place. Um, so we got a we got a new person in in the top ten, and that happened in the playoffs. So make sure to get the picks and make sure to swap out your garages and don't forget about those extra uh, points with the stage wins and the the manufacturer and the race winner because those those points add up real quick if you can nail them. Yeah, I need to make my picks for the next race. Uh, thanks for the reminder. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, let's jump into hardware software. Boy, this is the one I was telling you. Everybody sent a link about. We had several listeners uh, that have found this thing, and boy, is it it eye-catching. So we had a tweet by Aston Martin, the car manufacturer. It says, we partnered with at Curve Simulators, Curve without an E, to create the AMR CO1 Racing Simulator offering the ultimate in luxury eSport experience. Featuring a full carbon fiber monocoque, it provides a fully immersive driving experience for the home user. And oh boy, it's got that classic green Aston Martin kind of uh, color uh, is available, but they have several actually colors. Uh, if you check the slashgear.com article and scroll down, you'll see they offer it in white and blue and and uh, uh, a nice red and and uh, so forth and you can like customize it is it even motion nope did you see the price tag Fifty-seven thousand pounds i believe it was at. that's definitely paying for name brand i'm guessing it comes with the sim and every like all and the wheel and stuff like that right so it's kind of got a little bit it's still holy crap I love the seat, the actual seat that's in it. Uh, it's a beauty. And it moves, right? Like it's a. Uh, no. no, it's, no. it's a stand. It's a 50,000 pounds for a non motion rig. You bet. It's got a beer fridge? Nope. Nope. Coffee maker? Nope. It's got some nice leather, like Aston Martin interior. You're paying for that symbol. <laughs> this, this makes the, por- this makes the porch stuff seem cheap. How can I justify, like, obviously it's kind of just a, it seems like a one-off, but how can you justify $73,000 US? You don't. Next. Sorry. <laughs> but wait, I might be Tony Stark, you know, and I need something for my Batcave. Then get the app that talks to you. Or get Denny's rig. It was, it would be worth the money. There's plenty. Of, you know what you could do with $73,000 if you had it? I could get a better rig. You get a nice motion rig. <laughs> right. You could do better than that, I think. So the website is curvrs.com. And uh, yeah, you can go there and buy one of these things. If any of our listeners, so, sorry, if any of our listeners uh, have that kind of money and uh, end up purchasing this, let us know how it goes. Uh, so, okay. So, um, it says right here, featuring a full carbon fiber, whatever the hell that word is, uh, monon- yeah. monocoque. Uh, monocoque. All right. Here, Tony, to- to- here's the lesson for you. Monocoque is what uh, is the crash 
chamber that the driver sits in that uh, has to be certified by like F1 or IndyCar. It's, uh, the monocoque is what they call the enclosure where that keeps the driver from getting killed if in an accident. Okay, so is this one a fully certified F1 monocoque, or is it just a f- full carbon fiber uh, lookalike? I'm guessing they're just considering it. You're using the name for some reason as a monocoque. It's not really a monocoque. Okay, so they, they build a, a rig out of carbon fiber, so they can charge $70,000. Why do you need a rig out of carbon fiber? It just makes absolutely no sense. You're not going to go any faster in a stationary rig using carbon fiber as you would using any other you know, uh, possible material. Um, okay. I'm, I'm done. I could go on. This company was uh, (laughs) founded by, uh, Ashton Martin driver, Darren Turner, who's a three time Lamar winner. And he, uh, started this company curve, uh, that makes this apparently. I'd like to know what the details are to make it so expensive. Obviously we know carbon fiber is not cheap, but where's the justification in that money? It's the Ashton Martin name, really, I, I think. Then why don't you save another 20000 and just go buy the damn car? There you go. So should I buy... Yeah, don't get me... No, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. It, it, it looks really good, but that's like... I, I just can't get over the damn price for what you're getting. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not computing. Um, but it does look flashy and nice. So I guess if you got to have that, then... You know, I'm sure there's a market there and somebody's going to definitely buy this. I'm sure they are. Um, and good on them. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing a video of somebody that put down that kind of money for this thing. If, if you get that, you might be in the market for one of those. Uh, I forgot who it is, Louis Vuitton or, or, or uh, one of those uh, high, high design people have like a $1,000 Corona face shield that you can get. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. It's yeah, it's it's true. Um, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, this is a warning by our favorite uh, tech. What do you call him? A tech guru, tech tester, uh, J Two Cents. Um, he's put out a, a warning here to everyone about these new three hundred uh, series cards to to wait on buying them um, and wait to see what AMD. Um, has coming out. Uh, I guess they got some new cards coming out with AMD, yep. and uh, just to just to see what uh, is up before you go out and start spending your money on uh, these uh, these cards. Aren't you going to run into that with technology forever? Because it's you know it's it's all there's always going to be something new coming out. You just got to pick a point when you want to upgrade. Well, it's the same thing right now as the. We're, we're fighting over video cards in the PC world. Look at the console world. They're about to have their own battle right now that they just had the battle this week. We're, we're releasing prices for their consoles. And, you know, it's never ending. Who's going to beat who, right? Well, I think the video, he kind of alludes to that the rumor is that AMD's product is going to be better than what GeForce NVIDIA has just recently announced with their 3000 series cards. And it might be a better value to go with AMD uh, once they do release it. And they also have their regular uh, PC chips that are going to update and release as well. Not just the graphics card, but the the Ryzen's as well. Now, didn't they say that about the last iteration of the AMD graphics cards as too? But probably. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to throw. Well, I'm sure they do. I'm not trying to throw any digs. I'd really like to see AMD, um, you know, start competing on a on a, you know, on a proper level with GeForce. I mean, it, we're the we're the beneficiaries of that battle. Um, you know, and they just they couldn't do it with their last iteration. Hopefully, they can. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds like I've kind of heard that stuff before, but. Yeah, I, I hope they do. I love the their their chips. Those are the ones that I I always use and put in my computers. Um, but uh, I'm I'm awfully scared to pull the trigger on an AMD graphic card. I'm an AMD uh, processor as well. But yeah, I don't know much about the AMG graphics card like you're saying, Tony. All right, well, how, so. many, how many people actually jump back and forth? I mean, there, most people are either going to be kind of Intel GeForce or AMD camps. I went from AMD to uh, NVIDIA, actually. My first card was AMD. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Brian, a big hit for VR. Yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't uh, have any rumblings of this before it dropped, but um, Road VR announced on their on their first Facebook page that Oculus slash Facebook, because uh, Facebook owns Oculus, they are going to be discontinuing the Rift products uh product line in early 2021 so that's the uh, pc based uh, rift s and uh it's they're discontinuing that so uh that came out of nowhere and uh, i'm sure some people who own that are not going to be too happy with that the writing's kind of on the wall when you see facebook saying that they're going to take over it's kind of showing that Facebook's going to want to monopolize the market. They're not going to want to stay just PC. They're going to want to try. They want phones and um, anything they can get there, get into to to bring it. So you know, it's not a. It's not saying they're not going to develop. It's just as they're not developing strictly for the PC. Yeah, that that right there means that they're probably going to have something that that can be both. Isn't the Odyssey like that? Or not the Odyssey. There's there's a Rift product. The Quest. Yeah, the Quest is, is the Quest, and they actually just announced the Quest yeah. Two uh, will be coming here shortly. But I believe you can get a cable that will run to the, so you can run it through your PC. The Quest. I believe. The Quest. Yeah. Yes. I haven't seen anything that's been like real accurate for it to work though. Like it's not. There's like is, wasn't there something like latency issues and stuff like that? I could be wrong. Well, I just see it as a big hit to the industry when you have. The number one seller, I would think it's the number one seller of VR goggles, uh, basically closed shop. I do feel happy that I didn't end up buying a whole lot of different VR softwares. I played around with a few, but most of the time I just, I'm either in, in the sim or I'm not on my computer. He's on the Star Trek bridge. Yeah, I played that for a little while. Uh, and Chris has still tried to talk me into going on and doing some co-op with him. But, you know, his work schedule, we don't line up very well there. Okay. And then, Brian, you feel better about your choice and buying into a different company? Yeah, yeah. Um, matter of fact, uh, so I just got an email today about the new G2, the Reverb G2, um, saying, you know, that uh, that it's going to be shipping out this fall. Didn't give you too many more details. I think it was... Uh, little later than they wanted to be they they cited 
COVID, of course, as being a uh, as a as a factor, and a little bit later release than what they wanted. But yeah, it's on its way. Um, and uh, I've been talking with uh, Steve Thompson from OBRL, and he uh, he told he texted me today, said he ordered a G two himself shortly after he heard this news. So um, yeah, so I think people are just gonna go to a different option. You know, there's there's other options other than the uh, than Oculus for those. So um, I, my my opinion of this was when the Quest and, and Rift both came out basically at the same time, it was kind of almost like a deal where they were like seeing which one was going to do better, and that's where they're going. Um, and I think the Quest uh, did outsell it because you don't need a PC with it. So um, I think that was pretty pretty easy to see that coming. And uh, after that, they just ditched the computer line altogether. All right, we got time for one more, David. I'll jump into it. We got a, a short throw kind of bubble shaped simulator by Cobra Simulations or projection. Short throw projection, that means it doesn't have to really be that far back. Um, and it comes with its own software that kind of adjusts the geometry so that it looks right on this kind of dome shape. Gives you a, a wide enough view. It looks really good for airplanes, probably handy for sim racing as well. Wow, this is really neat looking. Um, so I think what they provide is just a projection and the screen, not necessarily the rig or the cockpit. Um, I think they have an RC cockpit sitting there, but when you look at the Instagram post, um, they have a you know wheel set up, but this, like you said, it's a round kind of screen that encompasses like a half circle. Uh, and then it's got a dome thing kind of up above, and inside that dome is a projector that's projecting down onto that screen. So it's like an, a, a package all in one, uh, really neat kind of projection system. Now, the, the size of the image seems large compared to the rig, though. Right, and I'm curious if you'll you'll get a good position to get that F FOV that you really like. Right, uh, that's my concern. It's too big. But uh, I'm sure you can adjust that as well. I mean, just, if you, you can, seeing too much is never really a problem. Right? It seems like it's more inducive to like a flight simulator than a right. race car. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a good name for it, the Cobra. You know, it does look like a Cobra when it's. Um, when its hood is expanded like that, it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah, so they have a website. It's cobrasimulation.com. And they got some pretty neat uh, GIFs and different videos where uh, they show it off. Okay, and with that, we need to keep moving. So uh, let me get back to my script. We're going to jump into results. But first, the results are sponsored by the Eucora uh, 2020 Throwback Indie Series. Round 16 uh, of the 9-4 Motorsports Throwback Indy Car Series headed out west to the wine country to tackle the twists, turns, and blind apexes of Sonoma Raceway in a grueling 59-lap, 150-mile marathon. Brian Beard would earn the iRacers Lounge Pole Award with a blistering 114.055. He would also dominate the, the race handily by leading wire to wire with championship leader Paul Jenkins finishing on the second step of the podium, thus minimizing any gains Beard uh, sitting in second place in the standings could muster. Finishing in third was Diego Ascenzos. All right, let's go into uh, results after that. Uh, finish up Richmond. Friday open, Iran P17. 
I actually ran third to 10th most of the night. It was about 20 to go at the start finish line. A car pops out of gear into neutral right in front of me and I just plowed straight into him. I, I, I don't know how I could have missed that, but eight minutes damage and I still ended up with a P17. David, you got P24. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I was just slow and we I, I chose not to qualify for this one and really got punished for it. We had a 90 lap green flag run, it was two laps down before any, any caution came out. And um, I think I was actually in P20. I got punted to P24, but that was inconsequential. I just, it was a f frustrating, slow week. Was it not top split and Adam was running with you? Uh, yeah, and he just pulled over because he was he was running slower than me. He said he was in the way and he pulled, he actually stopped, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you guys uh, weren't happy at all uh, with, I don't, I don't know if it was a set or what, but you guys were having a trouble. Greg, was, you also had trouble. You wrecked. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, I think that was the race that I was in that big. There was like probably like a ten or ten car pileup in the back stretch. It just, just nowhere to go. It just, I would, I didn't have a good week at Richmond, and the the set was just too tight in the center, and we just couldn't. We didn't hit any of the, didn't hit any of the uh, good setup feelings that we uh, normally do at that track. So. We'll just move on to the next one, I guess. Tony Rochette got a P6. He said, not fast, but tried to survive. Good run. Sunday open, David wrecked. He said, over-aggressive driver on lap 29. Yeah, it was, we were, there was about the top 12 drivers were on the older tires, and then we had a group behind us that were on newer tires. And this guy had to get all the positions back in like one lap, and he got loose on my outside and just clobbered me into the wall and it finished the car off. And then, uh, Brian, you ran a P18? That was a P18. I, I started towards the back because I, I screwed up qualifying. So, um, But I was making way, my way towards the front. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, I mentioned like uh, with the new tire limit, uh, wave arounds are kind of gone away. Well, another thing that's coming back with, with, uh, with, the, with the tire limit is that, you know, people are restarting races on old tires. And uh, so what happened was I was about halfway through the race. I was up in P7 and the car that was in the fourth spot on the high line spun his tires on, uh, on the restart and uh, just came down the track right, right at the restart, right at the start finish line. It just plowed my right front. And that put me down a couple of laps to get that uh, fixed up. But I got back out and salvaged just 18th out of it. Yeah, that's a bummer. You can't miss it. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and a lot of drivers are having to readjust to the fact that people are going to start with slow tires because not only is there a chance of tire spin, but they're just not going to be as, as fast. And it can't be like the old days when you could just gun ho it and run and run right through everybody on the first lap. Uh, you, when there's old tires in front of you, you have to take your time getting around them or you're going to cause a wreck. Uh, I was going to say, let's put Richmond behind us. I don't think it was a great week. No, and you know, uh, it was definitely, a, I've definitely been on a slump, but I kind of snuck out of it here at Bristol last night. Went pretty well for me. I stole a P4, P5, sort of. Um, I got caught up in some other people's stuff early, recovered from it, and then I self-spun with 70 to go and really hurt the car. And I was like, great, I just threw away what was going to be a decent race. But I was able to keep it on the last, on the lead lap and in the last 
few runs, they they just started really racing over aggressive with each other, wrecking with each other. I did get into a guy when when a couple of guys in front of me were arguing over position, and he checked up pretty hard. But uh, the last lap, like six cars got taken out, and I went from P11 to P5 on the very last lap. So finally, some luck went my way. Now, earlier in that race, you were saying, my luck is gone, man. I'm all wrecked out. I'm going to have a horrible day. And wait, you somehow, and then like Greg, you said, where are you running, David? And he said, fifth. I'm like, all of a sudden you went from running like crap and then you were in the fifth. I'm not sure how that all that happened. Well, the last, at the end, I was still ran, running around 10th to 13th. There was only that many cars left on, left on the lead lap. But um, yeah, I was pretty upset with myself for the self-spin. I was just, uh, I was on older tires and got impatient with how much faster the newer guys were and stepped on the gas a little too hard and turned her around. But uh, other guys had more bad luck than me, I guess it would be the best way to put it. Okay, Greg, P13 for you. Yeah, the, uh, the race was going good. I was top, I don't want top uh top five most of the race there with you mike and yeah. there was the th four of us in that race together which was nice to have a whole race of teammates um but uh no we uh i got i got involved in a wreck on the back stretch someone someone put it three wide when i got loose uh we had a restart and some guys up front that had some old tires and damaged cars and slowed up the field and everybody had to try and get their positions and instead of just being patient with like I think it was still like 40 to go or something when it happened but no it wasn't great but uh, I'll take the P13 knowing how bad that car was wrecked yep uh, we had a great great set I was man we were fast um, and, and we were running together up there uh, I had a great car I felt really good about it um, at some point, someone got me on the straightaway though. I had a big old barrel roll, rolled twice the car, rolled over twice. It actually landed on the wheels, six minutes damage, down 200 on the RPM. I did soldier on, I got two lucky dogs and brought it home, P11. And uh, what a run uh, with that much damage. I was surprised at how the car ran. I wasn't that much slower. And Greg, you were saying that that lower RPM would probably help. Yeah, I think it just helped with traction off the corner because I, I was down a little bit further on my wreck with RPM. And uh, yeah, it's I think it helped you get off the corner, but uh, you know, you did good to get it. We did good to have good finishes, but there was just way too many wrecks in that race. Nobody knew how to drive. I had the same thing last night when I, I had about I was at about 1900 RPM and was still running with with most of the leaders. As, just depending on the freshness of the tires because yeah you you could still roll the center at the same speed uh, it was just a little harder to pass on the bottom if you dig it in or anything anybody but otherwise it was still pretty quick yeah it's so hard to pass uh, yeah even though you're slower on the straights you're just the same in the corners and nobody can get around you so tom was in the race with us uh tom dryling he ended up p3 great run he said up and down race car for me is loose in the center off the corner i need to fix that he pitted from third with 30 to go to take the last set worked his way back up he said i'll take the top five and then steven lou allen was running with us he's the quiet one we had to ask him hey where are you at but uh he he had a pretty uneventful night and ended up sixth and he actually stayed out on old tires to get that finish 
Okay, and then we're going to jump to today. I ran uh, the earlier race, P12 and top split, guys. And that's better points than I got the night before. I had a great card and was always moving forward. At one point, I actually had newer tires than the field, and we were driving clear up through the field. So it was Jonathan Dickert and me and then Brad Miller right behind me. And Dickert was making the hole, and we, Brad and I were following through. And we had about 20, 30 lap newer tires than everybody else, and we marched up through the field, clear to the front. I mean, it was so much fun with the lap cars, and I don't know if I've ever had as much fun as I did today in that race. Uh, without winning because the way that the traffic was and sometimes they're on the top sometimes they're on the bottom and and we're just flying through there you know because we have these newer tires and uh, we're going by lap cars and lead lappers as well you know that are on older tires so it was just a blast but at one point about halfway uh, I got caught up in a wreck finally uh, somebody spun in front of us I plowed in Brad Miller plowed in behind me I was down to 1800 RPMs with two minutes optional. I did soldier on and got a P12 on top split. Big heavy hitters in there too, like Garrett Maines and Michael Jeans and Ashton Crowder and people like that. I mean, uh, really fast guys. So I am just, my confidence is super high right now uh, based on that run, even though it was 12th. Let's jump to official. I ran this, uh, uh, excuse me, the NASCAR Legends race. Um, I had a bad quality, uh, might have run better, but I was always moving forward, and, and that was encouraging. Uh, P4, I think I got a P6, and then I got wrecked out in my third attempt. But uh, I might run some more of that because that's a good combination, uh, Dover with that Legends car. Okay, and let's talk league. Uh, Brian, what do you got with OBRL? Yeah, uh, Monday night at the Arca Series was at Watts Glen. I qualified okay. I think it was like eighth or something like that. And uh, she got through the first turn okay, which is always a trick at, at Watkins Glen. Uh, went up to the S's and got to the bus stop, and there was a car sideways when I got there. So I went around him, and uh, I happened, you know, the the, the uh, message at the top popped up that I got a 1x, which I hate because that ruins your chance of having the, the bonus points. So I looked up to my screen to see the 1x. I was a little angry. And by the time I looked back down, I, I accidentally spun like one of the nicest guys in the league. Uh, uh, and that was that was terrible. So uh, in that league, if you do something dumb like that, you have to uh, serve your own self penalty, uh, uh, green, green flag pass through in the pits. So it put me back to around 16th. And I wound up working my way up uh, to 10th. So I'll take it. And I'm apologizing to Ken Schultz right now. Hey, it happens to the best of us. So, all right. And with that, let's jump into uh, final thoughts. Uh, Brian McCubbin, you're up first. Uh, well, um, I am actually on another camping trip this weekend, just a long weekend. So uh, I'm not home right now. So I won't be able to finish any races this weekend. But uh, so uh, I look forward to getting back and uh, hitting the next track and go from there. Okay. Very good. David Hall, final thoughts. Um, Mixmage, twitch.tv slash Mixmage. Come watch the stream. All right, especially with Bristol. It's uh, boy, Bristol's been really fun this week. Greg Hectus, final thought. Uh, I'll give you an inning car. I'm just under caution here now. I'm in the A race. Uh, anyways, um, 
you can uh, come watch me on my stream at Frozen Cactus, uh, twitch.tv slash Frozen Cactus, um, Frozen with two O's, Cactus with K's. And, uh, yeah, we got a new sponsor that I'll be starting with the podcast next week. I'll, uh, we'll be posting that up um, as we go over this next week here. And uh, look, look, look for that because it uh, definitely be helpful for the community with our new sponsorship. Yeah, we're looking forward to the announcement of that, Greg. Tony uh, Groves, what do you got for your final thought? Well, I was uh, I was really hoping to be able to join Brian in that Watkins Glen race. Um, I'm going to try and run the majority of those races, but work happened, and I I got the night before the race, the day, uh, the day of the race, I got found out I had to get up at a really stupid hour the next morning so i couldn't make it but uh hopefully uh, that won't happen for uh next week is watkins Glen, about my favorite road track which is very rare for me to even say that so it's kind of bummed to miss what? that but uh yeah right right <laughs> anyways um we also uh post up an aftermath episode uh get off my crocs that's up in the the podcast universe download it um wherever you download this show check it out throw us some feedback um i should probably start putting that the aftermath email in uh the post that i put out when uh, we release the episodes so uh, we won't have one this week but we'll have one the following week with a special guest we'll talk a little bit more about that next week i guess uh do a little um shameless promotion uh, a couple days before we record all right, we love iRacing content, so bring it, bring it, bring it. Okay, so next up, my final thoughts is hardware issues. Man, I hate those. I, I like to spend the money. I don't care about the money. Uh, I'll spend it. I just don't want hardware issues. So I had a problem with the wheel where it would quit shifting, and the whole hub, all the buttons would stop working. And uh, it was a pain in the butt because I would have to pit and map the keyboard to the shifter and all this nonsense and give up track position and it just sucked and so i tried to take the wheel off now i've never taken this wheel off i i only have one rim so i don't see a reason to take it off but i probably should have because it's like stuck on there now so i yanked on it and i yanked on it with all my strength and i actually bruised my arm from trying to pull it off um, and I can't get it off. Now, I got it off a little bit where it came off about a half inch or so. And then I pushed it back on to kind of reseat it. And it's been working ever since. So, hey, no harm, no foul. As long as it's working, I'm not going to touch it. If it quits working, I'm going to rip the damn thing off and we'll buy something else. But um, it's kind of frustrating. The other part I'm having hardware problems with is my laptop, my trusty laptop I've had for, I think, 14 years now has finally just quit booting and I can't get it to boot. And it's been driving my fourth screen uh, down below my triples on the right that I show JRT timing and scoring on. And uh, so I've been without the JRT for a few days now and I, I'm like an alcoholic without beer. Um, it, I can't race without it. I mean, I keep looking down. I wanna see at a glance where everybody's running. I want to see who's leading, where where I'm out, how many seconds back I am, how many pit stops have they done versus I've done. I can see all that on the screen, but not anymore because my laptop's gone. So I have a friend of the family who's given me a Chromebook tonight after this podcast. I'm going to hook it up and hopefully 
that'll solve my problem. And with that, I hope you guys don't have any hardware issues and uh, we'll see you out on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.